0: This episode is sponsored by Honey Love. Honey Love is revolutionizing the bra game. Can you think of a bra that you actually like to wear? One that doesn't poke you, does not hurt, and that you kind of forget that you're wearing? For me, I'm thinking of my Honey Love bra. I have fully said goodbye to wearing underwire and bulky fabric bras that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. The fabric is super soft and it feels like a second skin and you'll immediately feel and notice the difference. Right now, I'm wearing the silhouette bra and I'm totally forgetting that I'm wearing a bra, but it totally lives. It feels so supportive. It looks so good under shirts. And it's not like those bras that give you that uniboob effect when you put on a tight shirt or tight clothes. It separates. It lifts. It does everything that a bra should be doing. I'm also obsessed with the shapewear. I have this superpower thong, which is kind of like this mid-stomach shapewear piece. The way that it gives my body this hourglass shape that I did not know that I had and is so comfortable. I have traditional shapewear from a few different brands and they kind of hurt so bad. Within a couple hours, I feel like I can't breathe. But with Honey Love's shapewear, it's so comfortable. It's meant to be able to breathe to live your day-to-day life in and I feel like I can definitely use the shapewear for my wedding So i'm very excited about that So if you're ready to step into that next level comfortable bra and shapewear It's your time to get honey love go to honeylove.com slash already friends And you can get 20 percent off your entire order with that link. So it's honeylove.com h-o-n-e-y L-o-v-e dot com already friends for 20 percent off Make sure to use that code to show your support of the show and thanks again to honey love for sponsoring the already friends podcast
1: We
2: want to thank today's sponsor of our show, Byberg Small Business Insurance. Entrepreneurship is full of challenges and uncertainties. Your insurance policy doesn't need to be one of them. You can visit byberg.com to get a quote in minutes, purchase your policy, and be covered the next day. Policies start as low as $35 a month.
0: You can also call 1-866-757-4487 to speak directly with a licensed agent who will gladly help you through the process and answer any questions you might have. Thank you to Byberg Business Insurance for being a sponsor of the Artie Friends podcast. And as always, we'll link this in our show notes as well as on our website if you guys want to check it out.
2: Friends podcast. This is Allison, and we are switching it up today. I have my friend Alejandra on with me. She is someone who I would call one of my kindred spirits. Do you agree that that's our relationship? One hundred percent. Yes. I was looking up the definition of kindred spirit, and it says someone that upon your first interaction, you just have a deep connection and understand each other. And I feel like that has been us from the get go. Like even though we've never met in real life, we like have this telepathic sense of communication and have just like always been on the same page. So I love that for us. Alejandra is a spiritual life coach and mentor who helps women heal their trauma, embody their fullest expression and let go of control in order
3: to live a more fulfilling life. So hello, Alejandra. Welcome to the Art Defense Podcast. Hi, I am so excited to be here for a second time, actually, which I had completely forgotten about. Um, I am so happy to just it just be me and you right now and get, oh my God, I read some of the questions that we're going to go over today and I'm so excited to dive in. Same, same. You were the first
2: person I thought of, Karen and I. We're just talking about ways to add a little spice to our show. And we were like, ooh, for our What Would Your Best You Do segment, which you guys know, it's the last Friday of every month. We were like, maybe to have some different perspectives, we should bring on our friends here and there to see what they have to say to some of your guys' questions. And after Karen and I had kind of decided that that was a good idea, I was like, Alejandra, first person. So Mm. thank you for being willing to do this because I just know you're going to have the best advice
3: for our listeners. Oh, yay. Yes, I, I find that we always. Reach out to each other like when the other person is also thinking of the other person. And so I think it was so wonderful. I was just reaching out to you about something and then you were thinking of me for something. And it just, this whole thing manifested itself. So it, it worked perfectly.
2: No, it literally is. It's almost spooky because we'll be like, wait, no, I was about to message you. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I'm seriously so happy to have you here. But I want our listeners to get to know you. So
3: tell us a little about yourself, your work, hobbies, self care practices, maybe your Zodiac. Yeah, definitely. So I think Allison did an amazing job of just introducing me already. So yes, I am a spiritual life coach, help women heal their trauma, become their fullest expression. And I think the catch, which is what everyone wants is to be able to take back control of their life, but realizing that the best way to take back control of your life is actually by learning to let go and by learning to surrender, which kind of sounds contradicting. And that's just like one of the hardest things of life sometimes to let go. But that's something that I support women with. And, um, I've been in the coaching industry for three and a half years now, and it's something that I absolutely love. It's my passion. I have been a healer and in very much connected to my spirituality for about ten years now. So I'm definitely an old soul. I I fully believe that I am a Capricorn Sun. Virgo moon uh, with a sprinkle of Aries rising fire. And um, I love to also say that I'm a manifesting generator in human design because I feel like that definitely encompasses who I am. I literally love to work for fun and I thrive under structure and discipline and planning. And I used to have some deep perfectionist issues back in the day that I've worked through so much. So I totally understand any perfectionist out there. And um, my hobby are very much like Capricorn, Sun, Virgo, Moon ho- hobbies, I feel, because I feel like my hobbies are basically my rituals, like my self-care practices. And right now what that consists of is meditation, um, journaling, EFT tapping, reading, doing somatic practices. When I'm doing my rituals, I feel like I am the like my fullest expression. That's when I feel my best. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I
2: love that you said like that's what's fun for you because as everyone is so different in this life. I have a Capricorn moon, so I also like you said like the organizing and working is fun for me. And I feel like if if people are comparing each other like to someone else that maybe has other hobbies that are not working and organizing, they might be beating themselves up like why am I not disciplined? Why is this not fun for me? But for us, like that is us living in our most aligned self that helps us feel good. And when we're not doing those things, for me personally, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm kind of feeling ungrounded. My
3: life is in chaos. What is going on? Oh, yeah. Totally. I feel like some people would just, I think growing up, I had a hard time doing all the fun things that other people did. And I felt like I needed to do it because it was just the thing that everyone did, but I never really resonated with it because I would just prefer to do my own little like grandma thing since I was so young, which is such a Capricorn Virgo thing because we are like kind of known as like the grandparents of the signs. And so I think embracing that now as an adult is so great because now I just know that this is, this is this is what like keeps me full and makes me feel amazing and exciting. And I don't have to not do it just because other people don't do it or don't get it or don't think it's fun. Like this is my fun. And I know, Allison, you get me with that too. Yes, 100%. Okay.
2: So right now, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to maybe like the last week, last month. This, I know you're in a season of transition. So share as little or as much as you want about where you're at right now.
3: Yeah, I am in a huge transition in my life right now. Actually, maybe I'm kind of towards the end of the transition. I feel like I went through most of the transition at the beginning of this year. And I don't know if your listeners resonate, but a lot of my community resonated with like the first three to four months of the year, like everything that people had planned for like how their year was going to go just completely changed and everything just turned around. And that's kind of what I experienced, like all the plans that I had for the year just flipped completely within the first three months. And it felt like my world was coming down. Everything was crashing down, but it was such a huge learning lesson. And I went through like a huge ego death and, you know, If you know me, then you'll hear me talking about this more because this is what I've been sharing a lot on my Instagram. I'm just a completely different version of myself today, like embracing my highest self to a level I've never really reached before. And it's just so empowering. It feels so beautiful. I definitely had to go through the breakdown, like the really rough parts of it at the beginning of the year. But because I was able to move through that and be facilitated through that, it really got me to this huge breakthrough that I'm in in my life where it's like so much abundance. I feel so much gratitude for everything. I feel so connected to myself, to the world. It's just the most beautiful uh, transformation that I've experienced thus far. And yeah, it's, I'm I'm just in like a beautiful high on life right now. And, and it feels so freaking good to be here.
2: Oh my God. I literally have so much goosebumps for you, for your community <laughs> and for myself. Like that is just how my year has gone too. And I'm in this like pinch me stage of my life right now, where I'm like, I'm so happy and fulfilled and aligned that I'm I'm not like waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I'm just like, wow, it has never been this good and this clear before that I'm almost like tripping like, wow, this
3: whole time it could have been that good. I didn't even know that was possible.
0: Mm.
3: Yes. I think I so resonate with that because I'm in this space in my life now where I'm so not worried about the future. Like I have goals and things that I want to manifest and things that I want to happen. But for the first time, I have no attachment to it because living right now in my present moment feels so empowering, so beautiful and so fulfilling that that's all that I can focus on, like truly just being present. Like I am not, like I know the things that I want in the future are coming when they're meant to come. And so, and I know we know this and we hear this often, but sometimes it's hard to actually embody that. And I can confidently say that now I'm in that space of like, I'm just not worried about the future. I'm so in my present moment and it feels so amazing. I quickly want to circle back to how you said ego death. I also experienced
2: that. It's very humbling. And I know that we will go through many ego deaths in our lifetime to someone listening that maybe is unfamiliar with that term. Could you kind of explain what that means to you?
3: Yeah, totally. So when I think of ego, I think of the word just identity. And we all have different identities that we play in our life. Like we are we could you could be the daughter, the the mother, the sister, right? Or the coworker, whatever role identity or titles that we give ourselves, is like different egos that we have. And an ego death is like letting go of of an identity that you're clinging on to. And so for me, I let go of an identity that was serving my lowest self versus my highest. Self, and I fully let go of that version in my, of myself. And so it felt, it feels like a death because when you identify and attach so strongly to something, you believe that it is all of who you are. And then when you no longer have that part of you, there is like a grieving process because there's a part of you that misses that old version of yourself. Um, and so it's considered like an ego death because you're really letting go of a version of you that uh, although that version of you may not have served you, you were attached to it or addicted to it in some ways. Um, and it takes a lot of courage to to like fully like let that version of you that's not serving you die. And it it's so much work and it can be so hard, but it's it's at the same time so rewarding. So that's how I would uh, identify ego death. I think also you know. I think people see the word ego as a bad thing, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, we need to have an ego in order to be humans. It's just part of the human experience. And we all have different identities and roles that we play in life. It's just being aware of what identities aren't serving you and that you really need to let go of. And having that awareness is everything, because sometimes we are clinging on to identities that we don't even know. And so we don't know to get rid of them, or we don't know that they're not really serving us. So, having just a high level of awareness of the parts of us that we're not proud to be, or the parts of us that bring up shame that we need to kind of bring to the surface and address is really important. And it's all part of the ego death journey, like really, you know, shining light on the parts of you that you've hidden that bring up shame that bring up guilt and healing that by first accepting it for what it is and then really getting clear on like, okay, what part of this do I want to keep because it's going to serve me? And what part of this am I ready to let die because it's not going to come with me on my you know journey to my highest timeline? Wow, that was so well explained. Two things that
2: popped into Mm -hmm. my head while you were saying that. One, on a practical level, if we think about like the clothes in our closet or something, it's like, okay, our style changes. You know, you get rid of this stuff, you buy this thing. And in a practical sense, most of us are pretty open to that concept. Like, okay, as I journey through life, like my fashion sense changes and I want to wear different things that feel more me or whatever. But then when it comes to our identity, we have a really, really hard time letting go of some of the traits that we have attributed to ourselves. Totally. And then in a totally different sense, last night I was watching this YouTube video of Alex Hormozzi. He is inspiring me so much right now about business and entrepreneurship. And in this video, it was all about being a boss of a facility. And he said that a lot of times as a business owner, your dream life is on the other side of having a few hard conversations with employees that you have that are actually not helping your business get to where it needs to be. And then I like paused the video and I said, sat on it and I was like, okay, let me reframe that for myself. So often our dream life Mm. is on the other side of having a couple really hard conversations with ourselves about who we need to be, who we want to be, how we want to show up and kind of building Mm. off what you said, like letting go of in order to get where you want to go.
3: Yeah. Oh, totally. I fully agree with both parts that you just shared. I think we're constantly evolving. And so we must go through many ego deaths in a way because our values are constantly changing things we believed in in the past we may not believe in now. Um, We're just constantly changing and that's perfectly normal and fine. And it just takes having those tough internal conversations because it's so much easier to just ignore them and keep moving forward. And I think, you know, kind of like a good way to see what parts of you, you may need to let die, what identities you may need, may need to go, you may, what parts of you may need to go through an ego death is just taking a look at like your vices, any sort of like addictions, any part of you any patterns that are going on in your life that you, that like just their patterns, they keep showing up in your life, but they're not serving you, right? Go deep within and ask yourself like, why are these things continuing to show up in my life? Or why am I so pulled to doing these things over and over again? Like what parts of me am I not tending to, or am I feeding that are not serving me? And that will give you some of an idea of like, where you could get started. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It also makes me think of the quote, why are you sticking up for your
2: excuses? Like, why are you rooting so hard for this part of you that doesn't want to continue into your future or whatever your dream life is? Why are you sticking up so much for all of the reasons why it won't work?
3: Yeah, fully agree. Yep. Okay. I feel like before we
2: get too far with all of these juicy conversations, we should do our peaks of the week. So did you have something in the last week that big or small really made you happy?
3: Yes. I have the sweetest peak of the week. I think it was, God, time flies. So time just flies. Um, Two days ago, I think it was Monday. Yeah. I was walking Barkley and then I let him off his leash so he could just run. And usually when I let him run, it's like in the morning when there's no other dogs out. Not that he's bad with dogs, but just overall, I like him to just have his own peace of mind. And I never know what other dogs may do because some are like leash aggressive and all the things. But before I know, I like see him running up to this German Shepherd, this like really big black dog. And he starts, you know, just flirting with the German Shepherd. And he's like giving him hugs, like hugs, LOL, giving him kisses and like wagging his tail. And then the, he was on a leash, right? So then Barkley started just messing with the owner trying to get his attention and then the owner dropped his leash like the German Shepherd's leash and then Barkley went ahead and grabbed like the handle of the leash and then he just started running with it and so he was just like at first he just started prancing with the leash while the German Shepherd was like still on the leash so he was literally walking the German Shepherd and if you know a Golden like they just have this way of like just prancing while wagging their tail and like being so proud and so he was just prancing and then started running like while walking the German shepherd who's like much bigger than him. And then me and the owner are just like laughing and just like at the same time trying to catch them because we don't know where they're going to go. But it was just such a sweet moment. And it's like just a perfect uh way to describe Barkley's personality. It just made my day. And then I just, of course, I'm a proud uh golden retriever mom. My dog's a golden retriever. And I had to tell everyone about it, but that just definitely made my week. It was so sweet and so cute and so funny. So yeah. What do you think? Isn't that the most adorable thing? (laughs) That is so cute. I
2: definitely relate. Peaches keeps me so present sometimes. Like, you know, when you're just like a little overwhelmed or work or something, and then you look at your pet and you're just like, you're so cute. I love you. (laughs)
3: Oh my gosh. I can't tell you the amount of times I just cry (laughs) because (laughs) I just can't imagine life without my dog. And I know there's so many memes about this of like dog owners just like crying, bawling, like not knowing what to do without them. Meanwhile, the dog has no idea what's going on and they think we're crazy. Um, But yeah, that's me all the time. (laughs) How old is Barkley? He's three. He's going to be four in two months. Oh, you've got plenty, plenty of years left with him. I know, but like my brain thinks it could end any day. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, please don't. It's it's such a horrible thing that dogs get to, you know, die before the owners do. I wish it were opposite. But anyway, we could, we could talk, we could have dog talk on another episode.
2: (laughs) Animal communication and how (laughs) amazing animals are to helping us just see things from a different perspective. (laughs) Could not agree more. Okay, my peak of the week was also just a very normal everyday thing. I went over to my friend's house on Sunday night. They're a married couple and I just adore both of them so much. Like I equally look up to them and love to learn from them while also just like shoot the shit and we all vibe so well so truly just hanging out at their house eating dinner and we always have really good conversation but they had this little card game i don't know what it was called i feel like there's been quite a few iterations on the market these days of these card games that are like conversation starters you like draw one and they have mm. really thought provoking questions so that. we played that and there was some really good questions that got us going down a whole bunch of rabbit holes.
3: Oh, I love that. That sounds so good. I love having just like in-depth conversations and just getting to learn more about friends and just, yeah, I I love that whole experience. And I love those card games because they really bring up ideas that you just wouldn't have thought of. Same.
2: And sometimes it's like the card can ask a question that maybe you've always wanted to know about someone, but weren't just going to like point blank ask them. And it's like, well, the card got (laughs) us here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes,
2: totally agree. I love that. <laughs> okay. So a couple of our listeners' peaks of the week. First, I'll lead with Miranda. She said, getting one-on-one girl time with my bestie. Her boyfriend was out of town and in front of said, she said, her boyfriend is great. She just really wanted some one-on-one time with her girls. So I love that for you.
3: Yay. And then Lindley said, having the most supportive friend helped me through a rough patch. I can totally understand, you know, the the immense support that it is to just have friends there by you, like there by your side when you're going through something so rough. So totally sending you all the healing vibes, Lindley. And Shannon said,
2: I tried mushrooms for the first time and loved it. Not podcast appropriate, but had to share. <laughs> you guys know I'll read all your mushroom submissions because I truly feel like podcasting is like the one place where you can like Really openly discuss mushrooms. So I'm really glad that you had a good
3: experience with it. And then there's Glee. Glee said, I stood up for myself by talking to my coworker and setting some boundaries. Yes, you go, my love. That is amazing. Uh, there's nothing more empowering than setting up boundaries and just like really doing what's going to serve you.
2: As always, send in your peaks of the week on our Instagram story box every Monday at Artie Friends Podcast. We're going to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor of our show, Vibework Small Business Insurance. As a new business owner, you might feel lost and overwhelmed. So talking to an insurance expert can be really reassuring and provide peace of mind you can spend more time running your business and doing what you love. Whether you're a contractor, landscaper, photographer, podcaster, life coach, consultant, notary, or maybe you own a business like a travel agency, a boutique, or healthcare and social assistance industries, whatever you do with your small business, there's a good chance insurance can protect you and your company from the potential risks of owning and operating a business.
0: We actually had on insurance advisor Ben Topping from Byberg on episode 131, and he actually talked us through real life small business scenarios where insurance was crucial. We both learned so much in that episode, and I definitely feel more empowered as an entrepreneur. Now, knowing what I know about insurance and how it's so important for businesses, not only for myself, but for our listeners too. In this episode, you'll hear about the different types of small business insurance policies, why you need it, and what it covers. If you call 1-866-757-4487, you can speak with one of Burke's licensed agents, and they'll walk you through each of their policy types and how to get a specific policy for your business needs. Or you can call that number to purchase a policy within minutes. You can also go to Byburk.com and be covered the next day. Byberg is
2: part of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Company, so you can trust they will be there financially. They have a 4.9 star average customer review rating and it is truly a one-stop shop for your business insurance needs, which is amazing and policies start as low as $35 a month. Thank you to Bybrook for sponsoring our show and having been on an episode 131. And so with that we can segue into the what would your best to do questions. So you guys submit these on our website, alreadyfriendspodcast.com. And then there's a tab, WWYBD. And there's if you scroll down, there's a box there and you can type in anything that you've ever wanted to ask us. It's all anonymous and we compile the questions and just save them for each month. What would your best to do? If we haven't gotten to your question yet, we will at some point, we promise there are a lot of them. And we kind of try to lump them together into a general theme for each what would your best to do episode. So the ones I pulled for today to ask Alejandra, we're going to start with some more spiritual ones and then go into a couple of relationship ones and then end on friendship. So the first one, how
3: do you have an abundance mindset? Yay. I kind of want to like change things up. I would love for you to answer this, Allison, and then I'm going to go ahead and answer it right after you. I wonder like, what is your perspective on having an abundant mindset?
2: Okay. I low-key love that you just like mirrored that back to me and I had like no prep for this answer. I was like, oh, Alejandra's going to share all of her wisdom. I'm just going to sit here.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. No, 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 like no. This
2: probably- is good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, for me, hmm. I feel like the more I slow down, the easier it is to have an abundance mindset because it makes me feel like I have time. And usually the way in life that I get overwhelmed is if I start to feel like I'm too busy and I'm running out of time and I have to do all of these things and how am I going to fit it all in? But when I slow down, I actually get way more accomplished and I feel way more present in my conversations. And then I realize, like, oh, I have time for me. I have time today, this week for the rest of my life to do all of the things I want to do. If I just slow my roll, chill out, calm my stress down and be present and create quality work, have quality interactions that are way more fulfilling. And that in time has compounded into more abundance in my life.
3: Yeah. I love that. That makes so much sense, especially, you know, the way that I would answer that is first by looking at the opposite of an abundant mindset, right? Which is mostly known as a scarcity mindset. And a scarcity mindset comes from this place of fear, right? And so if you're coming from a place of fear, you may most likely have a lot of anxiety. Your energy may be very frantic. And so even like when Allison is talking about, um, like when she feels really busy, right? Like when there's not enough space in her mind and in her soul and her actual. Physical world, right? Um, it's probably because there's a lot of like frantic energy and not enough space to slow down and to be more intuitive. And so, the opposite of the abundant mindset would be scarcity mindset that is led by fear. So, whenever there's fear in your life, that fear is going to kind of keep, and you're allowing the fear to keep building. Then it's going to keep building up and creating maybe some anxiety. Uh, maybe before you know it, you are um, adding more and more things to your schedule, more things to your plate, and not really taking enough time to slow down and nurture your own needs and find time to listen to your intuition. When I think of an abundant mindset, I think of someone who is leading with their intuition. So leading with what their highest self truly needs versus what their fear is telling them that they need to do, right? A lot of the times when the fear is guiding, then it's keeping us depleted. It's keeping us stressed, anxious, and that's the scarcity mindset. But when your intuition and heart are leading, there's just more space exactly what Allison said. There's just more space. You feel more grounded. You feel more connected. Even your perspective feels like so much wider. You're able to see so much more. And that's kind of when gratitude starts coming up, when you're able to just like notice more things around you. And instead of zoning in on what's not working, you're able to see like all the amazing things that you already have right now. Like if you were to not have anything else for the rest of your life, like could you be happy and satisfied with where you're at right now? And actually taking a moment to look around you and realize, like realizing how much there really is all around you. And, and sometimes it takes just having that space to be able to gain awareness on what you truly have all around you. So um, I love the way that you answered that, Allison, because it does go hand in hand with what an abundant mindset is. It's just leading with your intuition, your heart and your soul and what your highest self would do. And your highest self would definitely, you know, have a healthy balance of working and doing, but also of like slowing down and being because that's truly what creates the space to to be able to listen to your intuition more and know how to be guided. Ooh, okay. Love that. So on the fear note, the
2: fear is like, I don't have enough money, so I have to keep grinding. The fear is I don't have enough time to do things for myself. The fear is I don't have the best clothes in my closet, so I need to buy more. Like all of that fear to what you were saying about scarcity is not having enough of things. So if you can mm-hmm. flip that to be like, no, I do, I do have it already. Ready. I have the time. I have the things. I I have the space. Yes, totally. Okay, next one. Tips on avoiding gossip
3: and not talking negatively about others. Mm, this is such a good one. I mean, honestly, every single question is so good. Um, when I read some of the questions before this episode, I in my head, I was like, I could literally do an episode. I don't have a podcast, but I could literally do an episode on every question individually because there are so many avenues that you can, like so many different different ways that you can break this down into Okay, but how to avoid gossip and not talk negatively about others. I think, you know, we've talked about, I'm glad that we actually talked about ego death at the beginning of this episode, because when there's a part of you that wants to gossip, there's a part of you that wants to feed your ego. There's a part of you that feels some sort of satisfaction around talking about someone else. And it's usually bad, right? It's usually it's usually uh, placing judgment towards someone else. And so that usually comes from a place of like wanting to feed your ego, because when we place judgment on someone else or share something bad about someone else, there's kind of like a part of us that feels good that we're not that person. So we almost feel like a little bit better about ourselves because someone else is doing or going through something worse. And so we feel this need to to share that coming from a place of lack. It, I feel like this is all interconnected with what we've talked about so far, right? So like coming from a place of lack, of scarcity, of not feeling enough within yourself gives you this like feeling of needing to gossip, right? Of like projecting. Your own dissatisfaction within yourself and sharing that with other people. And first of all, like this is not to place any shame on you if you have gossiped for. I definitely used to gossip so much. I don't know about you, Allison, but I definitely did. And it wasn't until I started literally listening to more podcasts that brought more awareness around what gossip really is that I got to, you know, with my ego aside, realize that like, wait, what is it within me that is not nourished? Like, what are my insecurities that are causing me to actually talk about someone else rather than focus on my own internal experience? And so it's not to bring up shame the way I'm like sharing very like just rawly. Is that a word? Like in a very raw way what this is all about, but it comes from an emptiness within yourself. And so if you want to avoid gossip, and again, I can go into so many different directions with this, but I'd say one way to avoid gossip is to every time like you have this itch to tell someone about someone else's life, just look internally and say like, well, what part of me am I ignoring within myself? What part of me doesn't feel nourished that I need to bring more attention towards? What part of me is maybe triggered by what this person did that maybe I need to you know heal that wound that's being triggered right now? Um, how can I bring more love and attention to my own experience rather than feeling the need to you know talk negatively about another person? There's also I'll, I'll have you answer this, Allison, if if you want to or not. I'm not sure if I'm the only one answering these questions or not, but um, I. There's also, I noticed that my clients sometimes have a hard time differentiating when you're gossiping about someone and when you're literally just sharing an ex- like a negative experience that you had with someone. So we can kind of dive into the differences of that too, if you'd like. That's what I've got so far. I don't want to take over too much time on just this one concept, but if you guys want me to, I definitely will.
2: Yeah, that's a, it's a really similar thing, but I agree that they are different because there are times when you just need to share about your life life and there are other people involved in this situation that you do feel like you need to talk to someone about it. I am definitely in this stage of my life right now where I'm realizing everyone around me is a mirror constantly. And it can also be really exhausting. Like this is what Clay and I have been going through with our relationship for the past six months is like we are each other's biggest mirrors and if there's something that i'm insecure about like looking at him is like what's causing me to feel insecure because of that thing that he has that i don't have that then i could project my insecurity onto him and vice versa so mm-hmm. i think it's taking the situation and being like am i talking about this person to elevate myself over them because it makes you feel better like you said it feeds your ego or am i doing this out of a place for love with them that that I want them to be better and I've tried and I've talked to them about it and they're just not really understanding or you're not on the same page. I, like, I think that there's a difference between recounting events and deliberately judging or pushing someone below you to try to elevate yourself up.
3: Yes. There's, it's, it's a difference in energy. So when you're telling a friend about something that negatively impacted you or like something that someone did to you, right? The difference, like it turns into gossip when you're coming from an energy of wanting your friend to also feel anger and hatred or loathing towards this person. It comes from a place of like, You wanting to make the other friend like feel the same way that you're feeling and kind of like, you know, instead, I would say instead of coming from this place of sharing what's happened, the negative experience or what this person did to you, but also taking radical responsibility of like how it's impacting you. So instead of saying something like she did this and she made me feel this way, saying she did this and from that I have these emotions that are coming from it. Right. So it's not attacking the person. For what they did, even if they did the most horrible thing. Like it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, what they did isn't bad if it really was bad. Right. Um, and so that's why it's okay to share that with a friend, but it's coming from a place of like also taking responsibility of like how it's impacting you and like how you're going to do the work within yourself to work through those wounds. Not that you have to share that part with your friend, but when you can come from this place of kind of like what Allison said of like, Knowing that it's just a reflection of some inner work that you can do within yourself, then you can tell your friend about what this person did to you without feeling this need to attack this person for what they did to you. You're just simply saying, like, hey, this is what happened. It's really shitty. Like, it really sucks, but, you know, I'm working through it. Like, you know, you're reaching out to a friend, not because you want the friend to have these horrible feelings towards this person, but you're reaching out to your friend because you just want to be able to have an outlet to share what's happened. And just you sharing that experience is going to make you feel more relieved, more whole rather than like feeding your ego and making you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to tell the other person, this other person and this other friend about what happened, right? It just it, it just comes from a different intention. And if we go back to abundant and scarcity mindset, it's basically the same thing. Like when you can speak about a negative circumstance, but um, come from an abundant mindset, you're not attacking anyone. You're just stating the facts. There's no judgment. There's no... Um, like misconceptions per se, but when you're coming from a place of scarcity and lack, then you're, you're wanting to hurt in some way, whether it's yourself, whether it's someone else or, um, yeah, or both people together. Does, does that make sense? Like, I feel like that would be the best way I would differentiate between the two. Mm-hmm. If I had a practical wrap up tip on that one, I think I would say
2: if the person read or could hear what you were saying, how would they feel? So if you were just formatively explaining the situation unbiasedly with facts of what happened and that person read it or saw it and were like, I mean, yeah, that is kind of what happened, like almost in like a courtroom, basically, you know, like you have two parties. And then there's like the truth of what actually happened in the middle, usually. And versus if that person actually happened to read that text, would they be like, that is such a horrible thing to say. That is totally disregarding my experience in the situation, XYZ. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, that's a great metaphor.
2: As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/alreadyfriends. That is all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/alreadyfriends to take your retail business to the. Next next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor Rosetta Stone. They're the most trusted language learning program out there. They've been experts for 30 years and millions of users have trusted them to help them learn second, third, fourth languages. And this is especially timely for me because one of my goals for the year, I literally just said this in our Patreon goal setting workshop last week, is that I want to learn Spanish. I studied German in college and unfortunately, I don't get to go to Germany or Austria very often. But I have been spending a lot of time in South America and Mexico. I spent all of January in Colombia and I loved it so much that I'm going back in April. I'm going to Tulum next week and I'm like, you know what? It is time that I really buckle down and get better at Spanish. If you also are thinking of traveling more, learning second, third, fourth languages, I can't recommend getting started with the Rosetta Stone enough. If you would like to get Rosetta Stone and not put off learning language any longer, there's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, already friends listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off for unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at RosettaStone.com today. And thank you to Rosetta Stone for sponsoring the Artie Friends podcast and helping me in my Spanish
0: language learning journey. All right, real quick, we want to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals, make eating better easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered straight to your door. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and more. We absolutely love Factor. I cannot even tell you how delicious these meals are, guys. And I just love that you just throw it in the microwave, it's ready in two minutes. I've had some crazy busy weeks lately, and all of my free time, I'm wedding planning. I'm trying to eat right for my wedding and Factor makes it so easy to do that. They have high protein meals, which I love. I'm trying to hit those 30 grams of protein every single meal. In Factor meals do that time and time again. They have delicious snacks, smoothies, and more. I love the coffee and chocolate breakfast smoothie. It's a protein smoothie and it is so delicious. I just can't tell you enough of how good and delicious Factor is. It's seriously the real deal. And if you guys use our code ALREADYFRIENDS50, you'll get 50% off. Again, that is ALREADYFRIENDS50 for 50% off your first order. And that's at factormeals.com. So go to factormeals.com slash alreadyfriends50 to give Factor a try for yourself. It's seriously so worth it. And we're so grateful to have them as a sponsor of the Already Friends podcast.
2: Okay, I'll do one more in the spiritual category. Do you want to talk about Discipline or how to ground yourself in stressful situations? Let's do discipline. Okay, we'll do one more in the spiritual category. This one says, any advice or tips on self-discipline and accountability when it comes to goals, new habits, lifestyle changes, etc.? I'm having a really hard time staying motivated and forcing
3: myself to keep with things. Okay, my coach mind automatically sees like the last part that says forcing myself to keep with things. And in my head, I'm like, well, you're forcing yourself and that's why it's not working because you shouldn't do it with force, right? And I think that's the mindset, the societal mindset and conditioning that we have around like, you know, when it comes to consistency and discipline, you have to be so rigid and so structured. And um, it makes people have this, this weird relationship with the word discipline. Like it makes it feel so much more unattainable, like so much further away from them than what it truly is. Because I fully believe that discipline actually sets you free. And most people would think that discipline, you know, keeps you in this box and you're constantly going and going and going and you never stop. But in reality, like it just, discipline, and brings more flow and more freedom into your life. And so I guess one thing that I would start with, like one advice or one tip that I would give you would be to change your perspective around you know setting goals and um showing up consistently and being more disciplined and realizing that it doesn't have to be something that's so rigid and structured that it could and and like if you were to approach this with more self-love and self-acceptance you're most likely going to go way further in your journey towards consistency and discipline and all the things versus if you were to come from the space of like i need to force myself to do it and You know, you're kind of being that like super harsh, like gym coach or something that's telling you like, keep going, like, don't stop. You have to, you know, keep moving forward and hustle and hustle because that's just so not sustainable for our human bodies. And yeah, that would be my first step to just reframe how you think you can get to a place of more discipline and consistency. It doesn't have to be hard. It's like that saying of like the, it's like the have tos versus get tos. If you change your perspective and make it a, I get to do these things versus I have to do these things, just that change in in words makes such a difference in the energy that you're moving with. And then, you know... (laughs) I have a program called the Three C's Method, and one of the three C's stands for consistency. And so I would like to say, flips hair, that I'm really good at just supporting women in the area of like finding more consistency. But I can give you tips and tricks and tools, but I won't do that on this episode. Instead, I will tell you what the real root of the issue is when you're finding it hard to show up consistently for yourself. And the real root of that comes from healing your trauma. The reason why people don't show up in their lives at the pace that they'd want to with the confidence that they'd like to and it's hard for them to build new habits and embrace more of their highest self and just feel more accountable it's because there's a part of their past of their trauma that they haven't healed and so there's a part of them that doesn't feel worthy of becoming this new version it doesn't feel safe it doesn't feel comfortable and as much as like your conscious mind may say like, but I have to do this. This is what's for my highest timeline. Your subconscious, if your subconscious mind is not healed, if you haven't done the work to heal that part of yourself, then your subconscious uh, leads 95% of your reality. Your conscious mind only leads 5% of your reality, which means that a lot of the work in your healing journey starts at the subconscious level. So if you want to show up and start being more disciplined, more consistent, like it actually is not enough to just be consciously aware of you wanting to do that, you actually have to be subconsciously programmed as well to get to that space. And so that starts by really working at the internal level, working on your internal experience of healing your trauma, of really connecting with yourself at soul level, of embracing your core values and the belief systems that you want to rewire at the subconscious level because you, we most likely, or for the most part, we have disempowering belief systems at the subconscious level that we have to rewire. So it really takes going to the root, which is healing your trauma, rewiring the subconscious mind. And like I said, just shifting or reframing your belief about around what it takes to be more consistent and more disciplined. Start there. And then everything else that you can find in books, which is like all the tips and tricks around being more consistent and disciplined, all of that will come so easy. The reason those things don't come easy at first is because we try to do the external things first without addressing the internal experience. So focus on what I just gave you, the, the advice and tips around your internal experience. And I promise the external parts, the moving forward with the tips and the tricks and all the things that will become so much easier.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: You and I like need to have five hours to just go on all of these <laughs> side conversations
2: because you saying that I'm like, yeah. So you, have you been seeing the quote online or on social media a lot right now that's like, Focus on how it feels, not on how it looks. Have you been seeing that kind of tossed around? I haven't, but I love it. Yes, I love that. And that goes a lot with how you're talking about externally versus internally. And Mm -hmm. I just had this whole, like, I don't know, come to the world moment with myself where I was like, our entire society is focused on how things look from the outside Mm -hmm. and what you can say about them. And hardly any of it is about how you actually feel about something. So let's take social media, for example. It's all about how your life looks. Like You can be smiling on a yacht in Croatia, and that's what people see in your photo. And it has nothing to do with how you actually are feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. People are like, I bought a house, I got the promotion, and it's all about the status and how that externally and outwardly appears. Our society doesn't really measure ourselves and each other on how we feel internally. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be a Black Mirror episode where, rather than <laughs> social media being a visual app, what if it was like you, it's somehow connected to your brain and it uploads to society how you're feeling? Like imagine oh not saying that we should do that or we need that, but mm-hmm. imagine if that was the route that our society evolved, how different that would change
3: people's actions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like that would be, it could be, I mean, anything could go both ways, but the, the empowering way that I'm seeing it is... People actually being more aware of their thoughts so that because they're acknowledging that like if I'm having all these negative thoughts and all these people are look like listening to all these negative thoughts that I'm having, right? Like I need to change it. It kind of becomes more motivating to change the thoughts. But no, I think that's like an amazing idea of like a Black Mirror episode for sure. But no, I I resonate with this heavily and I'll say this just very briefly, but at the beginning of my coaching career, when I started taking on clients, I found it very surprising that the clients that I started serving and supporting were clients who like had a picture-perfect world on their Instagram or who were influencers and they're just like happy and they're like everything's sunny and they're by the beach in Hawaii and they're like you just would never think that anything is wrong with them right or quote unquote wrong with them, right? Because there never really is anything wrong or that we have to fix. But like, it would literally almost like shock me. And I'd be like, wait, what could they actually need support with? And then actually, as I got started and getting to hear their stories and what they're going through, it's there's just so much strength in and power in just being vulnerable and really expressing what's going on in your world. And like you're saying, Allison, just like focusing on expressing what you feel more so than expressing what you're going to look like externally. It's such a shift. And it really connects us more to people. Like the more that we're focused on looks, we think that that's what's going to bring connection, but it actually brings more disconnection because it creates this sort of picture that feels so unattainable and so perfect versus when we can express our feelings and true emotions. And then people can be like, oh, wow, like I feel that same way. Like I feel more connected to that person for being so honest about what they're really going through. And then that just creates connection because there's like, I feel closer to you versus like, oh, you're so perfect. I feel so far away from you. Like I could never be that, right? So yeah, I I agree. We could go into like hour long conversations just based off of like one question. Your community really has like really good questions.
2: No, truly. They're very, very empowered and wise. And they send us the sweetest messages. Like I am just so proud of our listeners. I feel like when Karen and I started this, we were both lost baby deer out in the world. And the podcast has really held us accountable to being more self-aware and starting our healing journeys. And I just feel like our listeners have like been on that path with us. And I kind of want to circle back to what you were saying. Like the tangible tips about how to stay more consistent are only a a small piece of the puzzle if you don't fix what's underneath that. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I just couldn't relate more to that. And even if you think about it from a business perspective, If you had, or a house, let's say a house, if you had a shaky foundation, you didn't build a good foundation for this house and you just kept growing it and growing it and growing it bigger and bigger, well, then it's going to crumble eventually. And that's how we are as well. And for years, many of us had this shaky foundation from whatever we have been through in our younger years. And then we just keep piling life on top of it. And the more you pursue your dream life, or you're trying to get somewhere, the more obvious it's going to become to yourself that you haven't built a strong foundation. And there are so many times where it sucks, but you just have to deconstruct what you've built and step back and rebuild from the ground up, heal that trauma and build a strong house for yourself. That was like what I had to do. I opened New Wave in 2020 and I thought that I was like good. And then, wow, I really realized I have a lot of work to do on myself. I have a lot of honest conversations I need to have with myself. I have a lot of trauma to heal. I just need to take a step back. And when you are on the path, like, I mean, all of us have these busy lives and we're doing all of these things. It kind of sucks when you have to take this step back and be like, okay, what is quote-unquote wrong with me that I need to unpack and discover so that I can move forward? And I just want to say the like year that I took to really focus on myself, I went to my 200 yoga classes, I went to the desert with my mom, I had these hard conversations, I had friendship breakups, Like all that really shitty stuff will pay off so, so, so much for years to come if you're just willing to put in the work for a little bit of time. And I'm sure like as this is your program that you have,
3: you could not agree more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I love the way that you just express that. I think it's beautiful. And all I can say is, yes, I'm like snapping over here, just shaking my head. <laughs> because your program is 12 weeks? Yes, yes. And it's it, sometimes it's hard to believe that in twelve weeks you can really unpack so many things that are going on in your life. And so I think it's so important to say too that like your healing journey is never ending. You're always gonna continue to work on more, and like your you never get to a place really where your discipline is at like it's max or like you know because like there's always something that's going to keep changing and evolving, and a part of you that's going to want to tweak your routine and you know, make it a little bit different or maybe there's days where you're not going to want to have any discipline and that's okay too. So yeah, like my program is 12 weeks and what that's focused on is like really giving you the tools to navigate, just getting to a place where you can heal your trauma. And, you know, the main reason people come to me is because they want to be more consistent. They want to be more disciplined and they want to feel more confident. And you can read up like in any book or you can just research, you know, the tips and tricks to have more confidence and um, be more consistent. But it really starts from nourishing your inner experience. And I think that's the part that uh, we take for granted or we're just not taught about in our society. Um, So we focus so much on the external doings versus how we truly feel about things. And, you know, if you don't have a good relationship with discipline and consistency, why would you force yourself to have a good relationship with consistency? Right. Like it's just creating more resistance and you think it's like getting you closer to having a better relationship with it, but it's actually putting you like making it so much more unattainable for you because you're already coming from this place of like, I need to force myself to do this. I don't want to do this, but if you can change that mindset and actually build a nourishing relationship around discipline, and feel like excited to start your day and get your task done and move forward with your ritual in the morning, like it's such a mindset shift. But it really, it's not just as simple as like, okay, now I think about it differently. It takes so much inner work and breaking free from all the insecurities and self sabotage that's stuck internally and is stopping you from really just showing up as your highest self.
2: Yes, 100%. And I feel like when you're in that stage of forcing it, you're doing it because you think that you should be meditating in the morning, that you should be getting X amount of hours of sleep, that you should work on your hygiene, that you should go for the hot girl walk instead of actually truly wanting to do those things because you care about your human vessel or you realize how much better XYZ self-care practice makes you feel. And the more that I've like worked on myself, the more I just actually want to do those things from a place of love rather than thinking like, okay, well, I should go for this walk because studies say it'll make me feel better. Now I can recognize I literally said it to Alejandra before we hopped on. We were like, okay, talk soon. And I was like, okay, perfect. I'm gonna go for a little walk because I know that I will just be more well spoken if I can go clear my head for a little bit, get some sun on my skin not doing it because I should go for this walk.
3: Mm, Yeah. Beautiful.
2: Okay. I feel like this is a good time to move into the relationship questions because this person said, I just got broken up with, but like in a big way. My fiance broke up with me 31 days before the wedding. How do I learn to be okay by myself again?
3: First of all, I totally feel for you, my love. I am sending you all the healing vibes, all the love, all the love, all the self-love. I ended an eight-year relationship a year and a half ago and I totally understand how hard it is. I can only imagine how much harder it must be you know, a month before your wedding to have, you know, a relationship ending. I did read this question before doing this episode and I, I put myself in your shoes and I was like, I could hear all the great things, like all these, it's kind of like how I answered the other one, what we just talked about where... I was like, I could hear all the great things. But if I was going through a breakup, what I would really want to hear is this. And that is that just don't ignore what you're experiencing right now. And like, give yourself grace, like give yourself grace to feel the grief that you feel the sadness, the anger, the pain. Yes, there are so many great tools that will help and support you in your journey and towards more self-love and towards really healing through this breakup, but like the very first part of a breakup that we must really acknowledge and and give nourishment to is the part of us that like feels broken, right? And and it's not that we are broken because you're definitely not broken. But it's the part of you that does feel that way. And you have to just shine light and sit with your grief and your sadness and your pain. Because if you don't, it's kind of so similar to the previous question if you don't address this and just do all the great tips and tricks and tools to move through a heartbreak, you're still going to be ignoring like something that's so much deeper. And it's always going to be within you unless you're fully able to release those emotions that you really want to release right now. And so it's important to sit with these emotions, but not dwell on them. Dwelling on them is when you are so fixated on them that you, that it's like, it almost feels like you can't do anything else outside of just being in those emotions. And I know that can be really hard when you're going through a heartbreak, but try your best to almost as if you were someone else experiencing it, if that makes sense. Like try to see yourself as like a different entity And seeing yourself experiencing grief, but not fully connecting, like not fully being that person that's experiencing grief. Wait, does that make sense, Allison, so far? Maybe you can say it in a better way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, to me, I read that as like, if your friend told you what you were going through, how much compassion would you have for that person that you love that they're going through this really hard time and stepping out of your body and being like, my little avatar is allowed to be sad from this. This is a really sad thing that's happening to me right now. And that's just the reality. And in time, it will get better. But recognizing that that's where you are in that moment.
3: Yes. I love the word avatar. Yeah. It's like almost seeing yourself as like an avatar who is experiencing these emotions, but you're not fully attaching to these emotions and you're not necessarily giving these emotions meaning. Remember that your emotions aren't facts and they don't need to have a meaning. So it's just simply feeling the emotion for what it is. I would say, I almost like don't want to say anything else, just aside from the fact that like your biggest priority right now is just to give yourself the space to feel and fully embrace these deep emotions that you're feeling. And I totally understand that it is not easy to sit with these emotions. It's definitely hard and your body may try to ignore it, or you may want to do things that will numb you from these experiences. And, you know, you may, if you have, for example, like a flight trauma response, you may want to do other things and keep busy and not address what's truly going on. But it's just going to keep like a snowball effect. It's just going to keep building, right? Like the more you ignore these things, the more that it's just going to keep holding space in your body, the more you're going to notice patterns that aren't serving you, And they're just going to keep showing up in your life over and over again. So just do the work now by just allowing yourself to access like every spectrum of your humanness. And sometimes all we crave is to be happy and joyful all the time. That we forget that and this is something that I learned so deeply after my breakup and that is that you will only experience love and joy to the level at which you've experienced grief and sadness and shame and guilt. You can only experience a higher vibrational emotion to the level that you've experienced the complete opposite because that's what allows you to know the difference. And so when I was in a place of so much grief and so much sadness, and I fully allowed myself to feel that without attaching to it and just allowing myself to have that human experience, it brought about so much joy and love and happiness to a degree that I had never felt in my life. And it all came from within me. It didn't come from anyone else giving it to me or from me seeing it from anywhere outside of me. It all came from within me. And so that is my biggest tip or advice for you is to just be with yourself right now, sit with yourself. like honestly, don't even focus on the doings, just be with yourself. If I could give you one more tip is um Jay Shetty's book, Eight Rules of Love is a really good book that could probably really support you right now in your journey if you're wanting to you know just pick up a good book that can support you. I actually just read that recently. And it was like the way he breaks down this book is so supportive on understanding first how to find love within yourself, then how to seek love within others, and then how to give your love and be of service to the whole world. Yeah, that's how I'd answer that, my love. And again, I am sending you so much love. and all the healing vibes. And this goes for anyone whose question I've answered. If you want to go deeper, feel free. I'll share my information at the end of this, but feel free to message me and we can go deeper because trust me, I can talk so much more, but I want to be able to also go move through everyone's questions today. But um, I'm here for any help or support that you may need. You can just DM me at any time.
2: Okay, love a good book rec. I will definitely add that to my list. I also just have to shout, like, of course you and I being on the same wavelength, I went on a podcast last week called Just Go With It. If you guys wanna to, wanna to go listen to that, I would talk about emotions, my experience with microdosing, and my experience as an entrepreneur. And literally verbatim, I said that exact same thing about emotions, that the highest you can feel an emotion is like the lowest you can and went on a little bit about it. So of course, you and I just Mm, are so in sync as always. (laughs) Of course. Um, I have a follow-up clarifying question though about releasing the emotions once they're done serving you. Do you have like um, a go-to way that helps you release those emotions? For example, for me, I started boxing and it's really helped move the anger. Through and out of my body.
3: Do you have any ways that really resonate with you? Yeah. I mean, the reason that boxing works for you is because it's somatic, right? So anything that is connecting you to your body really helps and serves you. So for me, it could literally look like shaking. Like I'm literally just jumping up and down and shaking. It could look like dancing and really being so present in my dancing, connecting to my body, noticing where I feel pain, moving those parts, connecting to my energy not caring what it is that I look like when I'm dancing, but simply being in the presence of what parts my body feels like it needs to move and where my energy feels like it needs to go. Any sort of somatic exercise, like right now, I'm actually currently doing these free EFT sessions with my community right now. So we had one a couple hours ago, but EFT tapping is a great somatic exercise as well. Somatic just means connecting the body to the mind. And so a lot of our trauma and a lot of the emotions that we feel, they're stuck in our body. It's stagnant energy, right? And so in order to release them, it's important that we're working with a body in order to release it because it's not enough to just talk about it. This is why sometimes like, although therapy is absolutely amazing, but sometimes Talk therapy doesn't serve the the purpose of really helping someone heal their trauma because it's so important to work with the body. And so somatic work allows you to connect with it. And it could be as simple as like massaging your body, um, checking in with the parts of you that feel tense in the body, giving that those parts Reiki, like some healing energy. You could just visually imagine yourself bringing some healing light to certain body parts. Again, shaking what else is there? Shaking, dancing.
2: You talking about shaking. I know I saw a TikTok talking about how, or it was honestly probably you. Like toddlers (laughs) throw like that very full body tantrum when they're not Mm -hmm. getting their way. And as adults, we have self-censored ourselves so much to not use our body to express in that way. And how you said, you know, you get up and you shake and you dance. If we did that more in the safety of our own homes, how much that would help us in our day-to-day to just move that through our body? 100%. Like a, like a three-year-old.
3: <laughs> yes. We're just used to like storing everything that hurts us, everything that brings us pain. We kind of just store it in the body and not address it. And we need to release it through the body. So I'm glad boxing works for you. And um, yeah, so like a specific method that works for me is dancing and and shaking. But any way that supports uh, body work will be very healing for you. You can also just like Google somatic practices and get some more ideas. But that is the best way to work with the nervous system and and bringing safety to the body, which will help release those really dense emotions that you may be feeling. Mm, I'm so glad we finally got to talk about somatic
2: healing on this podcast. I was like, I know it'll come up at the <laughs> right time, and this was it. Trust the process. <laughs> okay, moving into friendships. This person said. I have a friend that I feel I'm starting to outgrow and don't feel like we're on the same page anymore. We're very different people, which is okay, but some of our values don't align and they're starting to really affect my opinion of this person. We have a lot of mutual friends, including some of my friends that have now developed into friendships with her on their own. How do I distance myself from this person without affecting my friendships with other people or without it being a big, obvious issue within my friend's circle? Oof. I just Mm -hmm. had to read that one because I have gone through that. I'm sure many of us have gone through Mm -hmm. that in the social media era where everyone is like one degree of separation. Mm -hmm. I am -hmm. sure there are so many listeners that resonate with this situation.
3: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can. I can dive in. I. The first thing that comes to mind is you not wanting it to make it big and obvious. But I. I truly feel like if you're if you guys have similar friends, then I do think it's important to have a conversation with your friends and letting them in, letting them know that you're wanting to create this distance from this friend. Because if not, it's just gonna make it's just gonna keep like everything blurry and people won't really know boundaries. So I guess uh, like the first tip or the first step would be. To get clear on what you want your boundaries to be, so I know you're not wanting to make it obvious, but you kind of do have to make it obvious because if you know your friends are going to be going out and inviting both of you, and then you're just not showing up anymore all of a sudden, then they're going to be like, "Well, why isn't she showing up?" And then you're not clearly communicating that it's because this other girl is there, and so they need to know so that you they can then kind of you know make decisions based on like, okay, we're gonna you know invite uh, Sally to this and then invite Megan to this, but we won't invite them together, you know, things like that. But also before communicating this with them, that you're wanting to create distance with this person, create the boundary of like, are you okay with being at events with this person? Like, could you just cordially say hi and be good with that and just hang out with your other good friends? Or would it really be that triggering for you where you would not want to be anywhere near this person? I think your friends really need to know that so that they know, when they are creating events or hanging out together, they know how to kind of navigate that with you guys. And then it seems like you're pretty, like, it seems like you've made your decision already that you want to distance yourself from this person. If there is a part of you that is still maybe not quite sure if you do want to create distance with this person, I would say that it's definitely worth a shot to try communicating with this person. Letting them know, you know, the ways in which you feel like you guys have grown apart, letting them know maybe like what it is that you are seeking in a friendship and seeing what their response is, seeing if they're open to nourishing the relationship a bit more. Right. Because you never know. They may they may feel the same way about you. And But maybe both of you have this like bit of yourselves that also want to make the relationship better. And so maybe just being able to communicate this can actually bring you guys closer if that's something that you want to do. Although it does seem like just the way you phrase this, that you've made your decision to no longer uh, be friends with this person. Those are two things that come to mind right off the bat. Allison, what do you have for this? And I'm sure some more things will come up for me.
2: Okay. So, I feel like what makes relationships and friendships hard with this is because there's two people that kind of have to agree on the dynamic and you're like tiptoeing around. But if you think about other areas of your life, like let's say matcha, for example, just like a silly little thing. Like I you guys know, I love my matcha. And then a couple months ago, I went to this coffee shop. I love trying new coffee shops, and I got a matcha that like really grossed me out. They like made it really sugary and I I don't I like my matcha very earthy. And then I just like couldn't drink matcha for like three months. I don't know. I just like, it grossed me out. And then I had one like a month ago because some sweet listener Venmoed me for a matcha. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a matcha. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I've missed it. I loved this so much. And I feel like sometimes with our friendships and people, like if you get any too much of one thing, like you're just going to kind of get burned out from it for a little while. And it's okay to take a break from something and return to it when it feels right again. Like Mm -hmm. I loved yoga last year and I did so much yoga and then I needed a little break and now I'm like back on my yoga game. And I just feel like it's not normalized enough to just take a little bit of time off from a friendship and be like, there's nothing really wrong here. I just need some space for a little bit. And could we reconvene when it feels right again? I actually did that with a friend last year and I completely owned all of it. I was like, dude, I love you so much. Like, This is not personal at all. I'm just so overwhelmed in my life and like, I'm not in a good place and I just don't feel like I can be a good friend to you right now and i want to put the longevity of our friendship at the forefront of this and sacrifice a little bit in the short term so if you would be okay with us just like not maybe hanging out for like 6 months or something while i like work on myself and work through this like i want to be friends with you until we're 80 like i just need like a little bit of time and thankfully she is a very wise and understanding person and was just like you know i am hurt But like, I completely understand and I want that for us too. And now we're like back as better than ever. And I feel like if we hadn't done that, we could have ended up maybe having a big fight or it turning into something else because I wasn't honest about where I was in the
3: friendship. That is so powerful. Allison, we're the same person. Yeah, I literally had the same experience where my best friend of 15 years, you know, she was going through some things that I wasn't fully supportive of. And so I had to be honest with her and telling her like, I love you so much. And I know we're going to be friends and sisters forever. But right now, like, I just don't feel like I can fully support you because like my own beliefs around what you're doing is stopping me from being a good friend to you right now. And like really being there for you. And so I know that I need to like take time and space to just figure myself out and work through any triggers that are coming up for me based on what's going on in your life. And I just would not serve and like be a good friend to you if we continue to be friends. And we stopped talking for, we actually did this twice. The first time it was like for over a year. And then the second time was for six months and we've come back together again. And like, we're like closer than ever once again. And like, she was so respectful and understanding and I get that that's not always the case. Like if someone isn't really aware, it could be really, it could be an attack to just be like, I'm not your friend anymore. Or like, I want a break. Like that could be really hurtful to hear. So you also have to be like a little discerning of where you feel your friend is at. She may not fully understand this. And again, I think this just goes back to placing the boundary that you want to set. Do you just want a break from her or do you fully just not want to be friends with her? Or do you want to have a conversation with her and see if there are things that you guys can nourish? Because you mentioned that some of your values don't align and your values don't have to be exactly the same as the other person's. It's actually good to have different values, but obviously not so different and so far apart either. So I think you just maybe have to do a little bit more like soul searching and, and getting closer to what kind of decision and, and boundaries you want to set. And that will help you navigate whether, you know, to have a conversation with her to or no, just to simply know what kind of conversation to have with her and your
2: other friends. Amazing. My last thought on it be to also use this time as an opportunity to make some other friendships that you know, everyone you meet, we all just have this like domino effect on each other of things. And I think being within this friendship circle, you might be in a little bit of a bubble. and if you go out, maybe meet some people in, in some totally other areas of your life, and I think that that might just help you realize that maybe the situation is not as, it doesn't need to carry as much weight as maybe you're making it feel like it needs to. like everyone is so busy in their lives. And not to diminish that like your experience, like obviously this is bothering you. um, But like you said, you didn't want to make it a big issue within your friend circle. And like maybe if you go hang out with some other groups for a little bit, that time and space will kind of help. It will give you the time to figure out how you want to navigate this other friendship circle.
3: Yeah, I love that. What one last bit that comes up for me is um and you can do whatever you want, my love, but I think that for good karma, I think if you do choose to distance yourself from this person, just let that person know. Like it would there's nothing worse than like being ignored and not knowing why you're being ignored or like someone taking distance from you and you not knowing like why or what happened or what you did or Maybe if they're going through something and I think there's so much more accountability and responsibility And it's just so much more intentional to let the other person know like hey I am doing this and it's not because you're like asking for their approval Like even if they were to be like no, this isn't happening Like you're still gonna move forward with your decision, but it's giving the other person like some sort of like You don't even have to go into details or reasoning. You could simply just say like hey I'm just letting you know, this is the space that I'm at. And, you know, I do want to create some distance, but I just think for good karma, just be able to communicate with the other person, you know, where you're at and your decision rather than just like randomly ghosting them and leaving them with nothing. Cause that can feel just not good. (laughs) It just doesn't feel like good karma will come from that. No, you're absolutely right. Thank you for following up with
2: that. Very genuine suggestion so i think this leads us to our very final question we ask all of our guests this to you what makes a good friend Mm,
3: I, i when i saw this question too i i'm curious what i how i answered this question on the first episode i did with you guys on the on your patreon group um but maybe this is different maybe it's exactly the same i don't know But what comes up for me right now is what makes a good friend is someone who is understanding, someone who is aware of themselves and of others, who is loving, and most importantly, someone who is willing to nourish the relationship. After reading that book that I uh, recommended to you guys by Jay Shetty, he talks about how like there is no perfect partner in a relationship. It's just simply one person choosing. It's like two people choosing each other and deciding to make it work, deciding to be there for you each other. And so there's this whole illusion of like, this is my one person or like my twin flame when in reality, it's like anyone can be perfect for each other if they're both willing to make it work and, you know, continuing to grow and heal in their journeys together. Right. So I think it goes the same way for good friendships. It's like if your friend is willing to nourish the relationship and they are uplifting your journey and you're uplifting that theirs then that, I think that's a sign of a really good friendship. You're both willing and committed to nourish it. You're understanding, aware, loving that. That just sounds like the perfect ingredients for an amazing friendship. Ooh, I love that. The good ingredients. (laughs) That's very clever. Okay.
2: Well, This was amazing. We could do so many follow-ups to all of these questions and we didn't even get to half of them on this list, which I knew we wouldn't because there's no way that you and I could just give a one sentence answer to anything. It's just not in my being. Oh my gosh. And this was
3: me trying to be quick with my responses, guys, (laughs) because I could have gone in in so much more depth.
2: You got to start your own podcast. I would be the first (laughs) listener.
3: I will. I want to. I'm just, I don't have the space for it right now, But and I don't want to necessarily create the space for it yet, but I will. I think sometime maybe towards the end of the year.
2: But you did say you want to go on more podcasts this year. So while we're wrapping up into you plugging all of the things that you are giving the world right now and want to give, how can people find
3: you, support you, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So find me on Instagram my first name, last name, underscore Alejandra Duenas underscore. That's honestly for anyone who's asked questions. And maybe if you didn't get your questions answered, and you'd love some support from me, please feel free to DM me like I'm just an open book and love just starting conversation with people. Um, so you can find me there on Instagram. I currently have quite a few programs available, but if you are listening to this, uh, end of June, beginning of July, I currently have my number one baby, the 3Cs method, open for enrollment. It's the program that honestly, a lot of what we've touched on and covered on today, it would really serve you. Like a lot of the topics that we touched on, um, we really dive into inside of the 3Cs method. You can learn more about it via the link in my bio. Um, and I also have other programs that are I could go on and on about, but if you are interested in working with me, just reach out to me. We can talk about it more and you know, maybe jump on a call and see what program would best support you. And I like just the last thing that I want to say, aside from finding where you can find me, it's just, I genuinely love your community, Allison. Like I have really enjoyed every question. I wish we could have like answered all of them because there were so many good ones, but you guys are just so aware and so willing to be the best version of yourselves. Like I know it can be hard to ask some of these questions um, because, you know, even for like the question around gossiping, right? It may allude to the fact that you do gossip but like, just even having the courage to ask that question is so huge. And it just shows how committed you are to become a better version of yourself. So I I just love your community. And so to the audience that's listening to this, like, you guys are so amazing. I love these questions. You're so woke. <laughs> that sounds so silly, but I had to say that. Yeah. And it was it was just so good to be able to answer these questions here. And it just felt so nourishing for my soul. I feel I'm like going to be leaving this episode feeling so amazing.
2: Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. I also have to plug your newsletter because I love it so much. Even if we don't talk all the time over DMs or texts, like I just love getting your newsletter in my inbox because it feels like you're with me and I love, you know, hearing what you're up to and your little wise words. So how can someone sign up for your newsletter?
3: Oh my gosh. Thank you for reminding me of that. I have been on my email newsletter like game. So now I have, Surrender Saturdays, where we talk about like somatic work and really releasing the energy that you have and bringing in more self care. Now, I have Mindful Mondays, where we talk about how to like let go of the stressors of that Monday feeling and feeling more grounded. Um, So, yes, thank you for reminding me of like in my head, I was like, why have I not said that? Like, I am on my like a game with this, but um, yes, you can go to the link in my bio. Um, you will find a tab that um, allows you to just join or sign up for my email newsletter. And you will absolutely love the Mindful Mondays, Surrender Saturdays, and any other few emails that I also send throughout the week. They are honestly so good. It's, it's the best I've ever done, I, I gotta say.
2: <laughs> no, they literally are for free content, you guys. Like, there are literally little mini books of just education and things to make me reflect on myself. Like, you really do such a good job. You also have a few, um, not PDFs, but like, uh, and not even a whole course. What are the freebies in your bio? I know you have some of them.
3: You're so cute, Allison. Thank you. Um, this is my <laughs> marketing ref right here. <laughs> 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 um, yes, I am actually, like I mentioned earlier today, I did a free EFT tapping session. So right now the current free offering that I have that you can find in the link in my bio is three days of EFT tapping. They're super easy. It's just 10 minutes. So it's just three videos that are going to be three, uh, that are going to be 10 minutes long and we're diving into three main areas. So the first 10 minute EFT tapping video is on literally finding more consistency and more discipline in your life. The second one is about embracing. Your fullest self, your fullest expression, and the third one is all about letting go of control and having a better relationship with just surrendering. Um, so you can access that via the link in my bio. And thank you, Allison, for just giving away all the things that I've got going on. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, I love supporting
2: you. You're so easy to support. I oh. I feel like that's the sign of a good person is if you just want to support them, like I just want the world to hear your medicine. I want people to sign up for your courses. I want people to know about you because you just have such a good heart and you truly have helped so many people that no strings attached. I just like want more Alejandra in
3: everyone's lives. Thank you so much. I don't know why that makes me so emotional. That means so much to <laughs> me, my love. And um, yeah, I, I love all the constant support that you give me. Like You'll just share my stuff on stories and like I just randomly see you and I'm just like, oh my gosh, thank you. You didn't have to do this, but you're so sweet. So thank you for all the love that you always give me and um, thank you for your audience. They're the
2: best. My gosh, and vice versa. Thank you for helping me and giving me good advice and coming on the show today. We'll definitely have to have you back on again because like we said, We did not even get through half of what
3: we wanted to talk about today. Oh gosh, I would love to answer more of these questions on another episode. They were too good.
2: (laughs) And if anyone is listening that has their own podcast, you did say you want to go on more podcasts this year, right?
3: Yes. If you are interested in having me in your podcast, I would absolutely love to. Honestly, I, I love any direction that we go, that, we, that you may want me to go. Like, even this direction of just like answering some questions that your audience has, Allison, has been so, so fun. Like, instead of just like me just talking about me, I love being able to support and just give wisdom and advice on podcast episodes. So yes, if you have a podcast and you know have really resonated with this and you know the connection that I've had here with Allison, yeah, just reach out to me. You can go on my Instagram. I would love to be part of your episode. I just it's literally been 2 years since I interviewed in any other episode. So, I figured it was about time for me to start putting myself out there again more. So, I'm ready for it. And Allison got me to buy a little microphone. So I feel more (laughs) ready than ever now to like do all the podcast episodes.
2: (laughs) You're a pro now. You have the microphone. There's no going back. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening and hanging out with us today. I hope that there were some good little nuggets that you can take with you today. If this resonated with you, send it to a friend, a family member who might need to
0: hear this. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Already Friends. We want to tell you guys, what is our favorite thing in this world? Getting Apple and Spotify reviews. So to thank you guys, when we hit 500 reviews on Apple and Spotify, we're going to give you one of your favorite things. And we're going to tell you what it is. It's a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Please,
2: come on. We're desperate. We're literally dreaming up these reviews in our sleep. Got to help us get there. If we want to keep creating great Already Friends podcast shows for you guys, we need those reviews. So don't make
0: us beg, all right? So leave a rating, leave a review, screenshot it, send it to us. And yeah, when we hit 500, we'll pick two of you guys to get a $50 gift card
2: to whoever you choose. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you in the review section of our show. Love y'all. Love ya. Bye.